in so many ways is in turmoil because they do not know what's happening, but God is in control. <coughs> so they're very, very pertinent questions we have today, and we trust God that he will give us the wisdom to answer. But also remember, though we give you general answers, each one of you have to specifically hear from God. Amen. God speaks to individuals. So God of Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob. Jacob. Not just the God of Israel, but also the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So this evening, before we begin, we look to the Lord. Father, we just thank you. We just thank you. We just thank you, Lord. We just thank Jesus, you. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. We come at this time into the hands of all the brethren who are listening, the questions that have come in, and we trust you for the answers, O Lord. Give us wisdom, Father, to answer. Mm. Let the answers bring comfort and strength to all those who hear. Your word is life. Let life be imparted during this time, Lord. Your life. We have nothing to give. But what we have, we give, Lord Christ Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 <clears throat> we'll start, Pastor? Yes, we'll start. This is question number two. Uh, we'll start with question number two. Um, I may need you to move the camera a little so that I can know the I can see the screen. The, the, the screen has to be moved to the left. To be and the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. I think it is difficult to live like that every day. I sin every day. How do I get to this point in my life to glorify God and enjoy Him forever? See, um. This is what we call the ideal. Okay, I, I forgot uh, the portion in the Bible which says at the end, God will be in all and all. First Corinthians 15. 15, right? Yes. That's where it says. See, yes. this, is, this is the battle we are fighting. So, but you need to be in the battle. That's the main thing. You need to be in the battle. So, in First Corinthians 15, uh, uh, he's 20, was 28, 27 and 28. Yes, this is the battle we, uh, we'll read from, uh, we'll read from verse 24 onwards. Okay, verse 24 onwards. This is when the end comes. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. Wow. Mm. Okay, so this will take another thousand years. Okay, please remember, this will take another thousand years. For the first thousand years after Jesus comes, it's his rule. The Father still doesn't come. Satan is locked up for a thousand years. Men and women are here who are not part of the saints, but who came through tribulation, who are not saved. saved yeah. And they will populate the earth. The saints will rule over them. Sin is still there. We are not living... Outside the presence of sin, sin is still there, but sin will not be allowed to manifest. That is why he will rule with a scepter of iron. Mm. Then when Satan is released towards the end of the thousand years, he will gather all those who are there and bring them against, the Bible says in Revelation 20, against Jesus and the saints. And that's when he will destroy it all. 
So when that is destroyed, the Bible says, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power, that's when. Then he will hand that kingdom to the father. Till now, the son is still ruling. Okay, so he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. There are two kinds of enemies he has to put under his feet. One is a general enemy. Second, which is inside each one of us. That is what grace is given for. The purpose of grace and truth is that truth, the, the word of God goes beyond the law to truth. So the truth will show us what is in me that opposes God. And grace is given so that we overcome it. This is the battle inside. This is the battle inside. And then there is the battle outside. And when this happens, he's reigning. That's what the Bible says. If you turn with me to the book of Romans, you know, the purpose of grace, Romans, if I'm right, it is in chapter 5, right? Chapter 5, verse 20 onwards we'll read, 20 and 21, okay? Moreover, the law entered that offense might abound, Mm. but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, okay? You cannot, uh, you cannot, more and more new and new laws will come in. We are not talking the loss of the Antichrist, but we are talking about loss will come in. Because as technology changes, people suddenly realize, see, earlier we only worried about our wallet being stolen. But we have no worried about our money being stolen from our accounts without anybody knowing it. So when technology increases, the loss also have to increase. Okay, because what happens, and when these laws abound, what happens where uh, sin also abounds. Okay, like uh, when you hear cybersecurity laws have come in, suddenly people who did not realize, ah, so this all this way also it can mm. be stolen. Mm. <laughs> the, the 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 that's what the law does. The law awakens sin in us. The law awakens sin in us. Okay, law awakens sin in us. Okay, I, I still remember many many years ago when uh, after a meeting. Somebody comes to me and says, you know what? This is an unmarried person who says, uh, uh, thank, thank God I am not married because I have never committed adultery. But I have much sex. But Bible doesn't condemn it. I said, do you know what fornication means? Oh boy. <laughs> and the person said, no. I said, it means sex before you are married. And it is. Then the person went back and did a study on fornication and saw it and was shocked the next day. Now you need to realize there was a law, but you did not know about it. You did not know about it. Okay. So when law comes, suddenly you realize, oh my gosh, all my years, I've been sinning. I've been sinning. Okay. So that's what the law does. But the Bible says, you know what? Grace abounded more. So the law comes in. What does God give us? God gives us grace to overcome sin. And now look at it over there. So that sin reigned in death, even so, even as sin leads to death, grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What does grace do? Grace gives you the power to overcome sin. And when grace in you and me, overcomes sin, it is Christ who gets the glory. It is he who is reigning. Hmm. Okay? Because that's where, where is he sitting now? He's sitting on the throne room, throne room of grace. 
Okay, his very throne is a throne of grace. That's why he says, come boldly, confidently, receive mercy and grace for every need. It's as simple as that. It's very simple as that for a child of God. It's so simple that we miss it. That God says, you know what? It doesn't matter what you struggle with. There is one mercy because you have fallen and then you don't have to fall. Now that you have understood you have fallen, there is mercy, receive mercy, and there is grace to overcome. And when you receive the grace and you overcome what happens, righteousness is established. Whose reign is that? It's the reign of, of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Because the scepter of his kingdom is the kingdom of righteousness. righteousness. And what is happening over there, he receives the glory. And one more enemy, personally, you have put it under his feet. Under his feet. It's like the war in Russia and Ukraine. Let us say Ukraine wins. Ukraine wins. Who will get all the commendation? Zelensky. Yes. Yeah. Not the average soldier. Nobody even knows the soldiers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, Russia wins. Who gets all the glory? Vladimir Putin gets. Okay, the sin. I overcome sin. Who gets the glory? Christ gets the glory because it is his grace, it is his power, it is his truth. Yeah, super. Mm. Okay? That's what the Bible is mm. actually talking about. So it's, we have to be very, very clear about it. So when you go back to the question, Jesus has to reign until then. Until then, okay? And uh, that is how you come. Okay? That's how you come. And you are, all you have to look is that, am I, am I winning the war increasingly or not? Mm. That is basically what you have to look at. If you are trying to be perfect, then you're gonna struggle. You're gonna struggle. Okay? Though perfection is a goal, what is achievable is being blameless. That's what he talks about, uh, about Noah. He was blameless in his generation. We can be blameless. Because mercy makes you blameless. Grace gives you victory. And you can be blameless before God. And how do I get? And each time you do, you know what? You are glorifying God. You are actually glorifying God. Though we may not see it on the earthly realm, in the heavenly realm, God receives glory. Every time you look into the word of God and God speaks to you and you say, see, I had another letter also today. This is from a young man. Also be young people who struggle with lust and porn, okay? It is not so difficult as you really think. I mean, I mean, so many, so many, uh, times we ask for intervention and all. See, the person who intervenes, if you are a believer, I'm talking about a believer, okay? If a believer overcomes, it is righteousness. When an unbeliever overcomes, it is just good habit. And there's a difference between these two. <laughs> He just ingrained a good habit. It's not going to take him anywhere. Mm. But we have established righteousness. And you know, the person we are actually appealing is actually inside. The Spirit of God is in us. And I have found personally in my life, most of the things which I want to do, I can do sheer act of will. I choose to do it. I choose not to do it. It is, it is not so difficult. Okay. I mean, nobody is going to override your will. Nobody. Don't forget, don't come to that point where it is demonization and all. We are not going, I'm talking about a normal, average Christian. Your will is there. And if you choose in your will, you know what? I am not going to, if you're a young man, 
okay, struggling with lust. You know what? I am not going that route. What feeds it? I am not going to feed it. It is not difficult to do it. Practically, it is not difficult to do it because you have a will. Because with the same will and with the same body, you are doing so many other things. So what is that stops you from? Not doing this. You have the will. The truth is there. The spirit of God is there. And you can do it. Because we see people who are not believers kicking habits just like that. Habits like that. So you, you, you can. And the thing is that once you do it consistently, it starts losing its power. It starts losing its pleasure. I mean, let's, let's go a basic thing. Let's take about food. Tell me any food you like. Okay. Hyderabad is biryani. Biryani. Don't eat biryani for two weeks. You'll forget it. Don't eat it for two weeks. What happens? You're going to die? You're not going to die. And after two weeks, you realize, you know what? You're not thinking biryani. Three weeks later, okay, four weeks, you actually realize that, see, if it is not possible, then why would God say you choose? Mm, Yes. Okay, you have to look at the wisdom of God and the power of God. God says you choose. And the fact is that I have realized that I can choose. I can choose. And if you take you know, the feeling part of it, the feeling part of it, and go to the will part of it, that's the most important part of our soul. We heard again about the, it's our soul that matters. The soul is the main person in me. I have my body, I have my spirit, and I have my soul. But the soul is a deciding factor. The soul is going to decide. Mm-hmm. The soul has its understanding, reasoning ability, it has its will, and it has its feelings. And when... It comes when, when you are tempted by good or evil. Let's put it as temptation. Good or evil. The question is, what is the will going to choose? What is will going to choose? If you are tempted by evil, the Bible says the simple thing is that flee temptation. Mm. It doesn't say battle temptation. It is a fight temptation. It says just get away and walk away. Amen. Simply walk away yes, from it. Yes. If you're a young man, you're tempted by lust, just Get out and go for a walk. And simple, put in your airports. Now everybody seems to have airports. airports yeah. Okay, put in your airports. <laughs> listen to a worship. If you are, you cannot listen to a word, listen to worship. How long can worship and lust hang in together? Amen. It can, by the time you come back from your walk, it is gone. So these are all things which people can do. Mm. Okay, the Bible is very practical. It's not a practical thing. Okay, it's not an impractical thing. It's very, very practical. All these things we can do because with the same will Mm. and with the same body, we are making other choices. Yes. And you see, when we are making those choices, we don't ask for divine intervention. (laughs) (laughs) We are doing it. So, you know, God is sitting there and he's laughing. He says, no, come on. Actually, you don't want divine intervention. You don't want divine intervention. (laughs) So, you can do it. You You can actually do it. So many things you can. I mean, I don't think anybody, I mean, if people have reached the point of demonization, Ah, then they need deliverance. Mm. Okay, a lot of people are reaching that point where they are with cult groups secretly and they are into that because they are being promised a lot of stuff and all. But we are not talking about that. We are not talking about that. We are talking about normally, if you look at it, most of the things, 
can be. And the fact is that you have to look into the word of God. Every time you look into the, you obey the, what God says, you need to realize, though you may not un- understand it in, on earth, in heaven, God is glorified. Yes. He's receiving glory. Amen. He's receiving. You have to see when the three parables Jesus talks about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost boy. Each time there is celebration. Yes. And Jesus says the celebration is in heaven. Heaven. It's in heaven. Mm -hmm. Okay. So God receives his glory. Even Mm -hmm. in the little, little things when there is, because see, if God is so specific that not even a hair from your head, the sparrows, God knows everything, then every act of obedience also is known in heaven. Mm. And God receives the glory. And that's what you have to see. Okay. And uh, what happens is after some time, once you consistently do it, you will start enjoying it. Mm. Enjoying. You start enjoying it. Okay. Now, like we, like we, let us say, because Jesus puts everything in terms of food and water, mm. because that's the most common thing, right? Like you in, learn to enjoy certain kinds of food, though you did not enjoy it the mm-hmm. first time, yes, yes. but over some time, your taste buds change, and now you enjoy that food. You enjoy that food in the same way. When you obey righteousness, when you obey what God tells you to do that, after some time, mm-hmm. you will reassess, your soul will start enjoying it. Amen. Yes. Okay. Mm. Enjoying it. Your soul starts enjoying bah. it, mm. which is basically enjoying God. Mm-hmm. Enjoying God. Okay. You enjoy enjoying it. And you start liking doing it. Like why, why is, why, why is that people can enjoy watching sports? Right? I mean, honestly, they're sitting before a screen and they are so far away from it, but they, and we all enjoyed mm. it. Enjoyed it, okay? Now, how long can you watch sports? After they also tire, the game is over, the whistle is blown, it is gone. But imagine this thing. When it comes to righteousness, you can enjoy God forever. Wow. Mm. Okay? Because righteousness is the result of a judgment. Yes. And judgment is a result because you have understood truth. Okay? There is truth, there is judgment, and there is an act. And these three which you put together is called faith. Faith. Okay, now my favorite line about faith in the Bible is Romans 14.23. Okay? Okay, we have 11.6, but 14.23, I love it. Because that is... I remember the years and years ago when I first saw this. He who doubts is condemned if he eats <laughs> because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. So a simple thing is that, you know what? I can eat by faith. I eat by faith. And every time I eat by faith, I, I establish the righteousness of God and God is glorified. glorified yes. God is able to say, you know, that, that yeah, child of mine, he's glorifying me. But what is he doing? He's just being careful about what he eats. Mm. He's going, and you think about it, okay? Or you think about it. Or go to another favorite verses of mine, only two or three verses, Psalm 131. I like it. I love these verses in the Bible. Okay? Another common thing we all do. I'm only picking mm. things we, we all do, okay? Mm. Lord, my heart is not haughty, mm-hmm. nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. 
Surely have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. You know what he is saying? He said, I only handle what I can. What I can't handle, I'm not going to blow my head over it. Every day till this evening, I will keep hearing from around the world. What is our choices which are under attack? And I have trained myself. I look at it. This is all I can handle. <laughs> what I can handle, I will handle. What I can handle, I am not going to worry my head <laughs> off. I am not God. You know what? I have calmed my soul. Wow. I am, One thing you will realize when you face problem, the best thing to realize is that you are not God. Wow. Yeah, that's what he's saying. I have calmed my soul. Meaning, you know what? So it does not matter what happens. You can go to sleep in peace. But this is also connected with rest. Mm-hmm. We like eating. We like drinking. We like sleep. I mean, we, whether we like it or not, we need these three things. Okay? So God brings sleep also over there. And you bring faith. Okay, now you have heard, received bad news, terrible news. You know there's nothing you can do about it. Whatever you could do about it, you have done. Now you say, Lord, the rest I commit into your hands. Turn around and go to sleep. And God says, he has glorified me. Oh. He has glorified Thank me. You. So don't make it into, I'm going to move this mountain, then only God. No. Ordinary, every child of God has Every day the opportunities to glorify God in the simple mundane things. Because faith is a lifestyle. Mm. My righteous shall, shall live by faith. Yeah. It's as simple as that. My righteous shall live by faith. And you need to look at it and say, how do I bring faith in? And faith comes from hearing. And then the hearing, the practical part of it. Just do it. And you know what? God says, you know what? You are glorifying me. So don't make it into something like unless I am like Moses or Joshua. or Okay, when those occasions come, God will give you that faith, faith to do yeah. that. But other than that, that is not what the Bible is talking mm-hmm. about. Three times in the Bible it says in Romans one seventeen and 18, Galatians 3.11 and Hebrews 10.28, My righteous shall live by faith. And every time we live by faith, the result of it is righteousness. For there is a righteousness that is of faith. faith. It is the righteousness of of God. God. Hallelujah. So when I do an act by faith, the righteousness of God is established and God gets the glory. Amen. That's why God is asking us to walk by faith. Mm. Because righteousness is established. He receives the glory and the scepter of his kingdom. And you also realize, you also are proclaiming, I am under that rule. The scepter denotes the rule. I am under the rule of Jesus Christ. When you walk by faith, you are under the rule of Jesus Christ. When you walk by sight, you are under the rule of self and the enemy. So God says, you know what? You can glorify me. Okay. And you can enjoy him forever. Okay. And it's a day to day things, one day at a time. So thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. All that is very simple. Don't complicate it. When you make your decisions by faith, the simple thing is that try to make those decisions in the simple things, the common things. Okay, Don't go into the uncommon things, which are specific. First, let us deal with the common things. And that is what God is talking about. Like we read 12 chapters of Daniel. 
and we talk about what a man of prayer he lions then and all but it all started over a small thing i am not going to eat okay there is this proper pastor vijay will give the reference and all like you no know, when you are sitting to eat with the mm-hmm. king put a knife on your right proverbs 20 yeah proverbs 20 why is that whenever you go you are invited to a king's table meaning people in power and authority don't eat like there is no there is no tomorrow, tomorrow. they are watching you they are judging you whether you can be hired or not wow. they are not feeding you that is an interesting pass of interview it's a pass yeah, of that's the interview mm-hmm. you don't even realize they are watching they are smart people because when people at very very high authority when they are picking people they are looking for weaknesses and they are looking for strengths that is why when you sit at the king's table be very very careful oh boy got a chance let me eat everything that's your last meal <laughs> and you'll go back and eat and end up eating porridge okay but if you're wise they are watching you they are watching you okay and uh, it is also dangerous why what did we heard in the morning what came from the king's table to uraya food and drink food and drink to get him over to compromise make him compromise okay so you have to be very very careful it will be both ways he may be testing you or he may be setting you up so food and that is the king's table and daniel looks at it and he makes a decision you know what's a very simple decision but you don't realize with that one decision he glorified god and from there everything started in his life everything started so that's how you do it okay i'm mean, it's a simple thing and you know what anything can be changed so in this regard is there a thing called as a weak will that has to be strengthened is a will the will has to, has it to be, has it to be there's nothing called a weak will what we call is a weak will is a strong will towards no, no, the wrong thing yes, yes, <laughs> you're right, 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 right will is never weak mm. will is never That's weak powerful, yeah. will is always strong mm. if you have gone on the wrong side the will is strong on, on that the wrong side, side yes. okay, that is where to turn it aside is yeah, what we call well. fasting and prayer Amen. to turn meaning fasting is basically weakening what feeds that flesh now we are not talking about food alone the food is the primary thing mm. food is the primary thing some people have no issues with food mm. but they can have issues with other stuff yes okay like this is the mm. current bondage for people you, know? you can just put it away i'm fasting from meat for 7 days mm. how many people can fast from their phones I'm not going to attend anything other than which needs really needs my attend uh, my attention. I am not going to do into anything else. If you can do it 7 days it loses its appeal over you. And at the eighth day you realize you have saved and utilized and redeemed so much of time. Much time. Wow. You have so much more peace now. Mm. so much more peace now because you know what because you're filling your head with junk. I mean to be healthy is a very simple thing. anybody can be held call you have to decide this what i'm going to eat it's as simple as that see i like that um, i think it was britain that slogan that one that 2019 or 20 it won the best this thing in uk that if you eat your food like medicine if you don't eat your food like medicine you will end up eating medicine like your food wow kya baat hai Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a wonderful statement. statement. Well, it's the truth. 
You can avoid all med- I see, unless you have some genetically passed on. Okay. Even those things can be controlled. I mean, ask this simple question. Why is that 40 years they were not ill and nobody was weak? Because of what they did. The soul perished. The soul did not change because they wouldn't receive God's word. They received God's food, but they did not receive God's word. Mm. So because they received one, their body was not mm. ill, the body was strong. They didn't receive God's word, mm. their soul was weak, weak. and famished. Mm. But imagine if you do both. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Okay. And also, the thing is that, mm. Romans, uh, sorry, Isaiah, um, um, not Isaiah, when Jesus talks about doing God's will, the the Old Testament corresponding psalm will say, I delight to do his yes. will. Mm. Okay? Delighted. That delight is important. It's very important. Okay? A lot of people, I'm, I'm just talking about, let's come to the common factor. Okay? Common factor. Imagine, uh, let us say, what do we, you're, you're a meat lover. Mm. And you love meat. And then your uh, blood picture report comes. <laughs> okay. You show it to the doctor and your doctor says, you know, it's not good. You need to cut all this and these things, you need to cut it out. Okay, cut it out. Now, the Bible is very clear, the body for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Now, if, Like I said on Friday, we need a cause to fight anything. You need a cause bigger than and yourself. yourself. Yep. Okay, your cause has to be so big. Otherwise, you will never strive for excellence. Yes. Okay, that's what David says. Is there not a cause? Wow. When you understand there is a cause, there is a kingdom, and it's eternal kingdom. One day I will enter into that kingdom. Mm. When I enter into that kingdom, I'll be judged for all I did on this side. And in this side, everything I can do for God, I need a body. Primary vessel mm. is body. Soul is useless without a body. All the souls are sitting under the altar in God's presence and saying, how long, how long? Because they haven't got their body. They can't do one thing without a body. Mm. We need a body. So on this side of eternity, I have a body. My soul resides in the body. The spirit resides in the body. The body I need. Okay, So you have a cause. So when you hear, what you need to realize is, now God, doctor says, first the doctor is like it. It's not God, but his counsel is sometimes like that. You can eat all this. Don't eat all this. But all the things he said, don't eat other things which you like. And all the things he said, don't eat other things which you don't like. The thing is that you have to delight to do God's will. A lot of people obey these rules with a long face. But a merry heart is good medicine. Yep. It's merry, it's good medicine. Hmm. That also, you know what? The mind plays on your taste buds. You can choose to like something. You can choose to like something. It's just with your mind and your will. And then your feelings also follow. You know what? I will choose to like what? Okay. You can move from high salt diet to low salt diet in seven days. And you can choose to like it. You have to learn to speak. That is why God has given man the power. It's, it's God's image we have been made. We have the will. We have the reasoning. We have feelings. And the feelings are the worst. Put it at the back burner. 
Don't be a slave of your feelings. That's a problem. The slave of your feelings. Put it at the back. Once you have received the truth and reason and will have come together and make a decision, then you speak to your feelings. You will like it. Mm. You will like it. And feelings also has a voice. So you have to speak. You know what? I actually like this. Even though you don't feel like it, you are telling your feelings, I like it. You are telling the will that feelings, using a will to tell your feelings, I decide not you. So you will also follow in line. You keep saying it. After some time, you will like it. Yeah, like super, it. Super. Hmm. You will like it. You know? And you can. You can. You know, but the cost is God. Why are you doing mm. it all this? You are doing it all the, the, for the actually, kingdom. That is kingdom. very important. The cause is God because even in the world, they people, do it. people do it. Yeah, because in the world, to, people are, they find a cause. Yeah, I want yeah. a career. Mm-hmm. I want a career. Yes. Mm. I want a career. Okay. Yeah. Do you think all the people who majored in math liked math? Mm-hmm. Not, no. Not, yeah. They did. But they found something. They decided. They are an act of will. They decided. You know what? I am going to do it. Mm. They did it. Absolutely. Okay. How much more for us who have this huge cause. So true. And we rejoice in glorifying our Savior, our Father. You know? And you have to. Mm. You cannot. You, this all has to fall into place. Our mind, the truth, the will that is bent towards the truth. And our feelings are made a slave to obey. And then we speak it out. And we acted. That's what God is telling you. Look at, go to Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Mm. God puts it over there. Mm. <clears throat> the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in day and night. Now look at it. There are three things mentioned over here. One, meditate upon my word day and night. So what does it mean? It also means don't meditate on other things. Yeah. Okay. Don't meditate on other things. Meditate is deep thinking. You can be in control. That's morning we had the portion. Well, think on these mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Meditate upon my Lord day and night doesn't mean sitting and memorizing scripture nope. and mm-hmm. repeating. It's no. He says, whenever you are thinking about something, what does the Bible say about mm-hmm. it? The thought process. Mm-hmm. What does the Bible say about it? What are you thinking about? Mm-hmm. What you are thinking about it may be not necessarily evil in itself. Okay, but you can bring the word of God, the spirit of the word of God into it and think that way. That's what it's saying. You meditate upon it. Meditate upon it day and night. And then what it says to do, you have to do it. Observe to do, yes. And three, when you speak, you have to speak accordingly. You have to speak. It doesn't matter what you feel like. Your feelings are irrelevant. The word of God is truth. And Mm. truth is eternal. Okay, truth is eternal. This is what this is what our problem is there is a detachment like let us talk about illness our problem is this with illness we are told to do certain things right yeah a doctor is sitting over here doctors just wouldn't prescribe a medicine and say do whatever you want to do <laughs> they will tell you when to eat it how many days to eat it and then when it comes to your diet yeah. what to eat mm. and what not to eat mm. all that so do that do that. I'm not talking here primarily about medicine, what I'm saying, about what God. You know, that's what uh, Derek Prince talks about. He says, you know, he's got this famous little book called God's Medicine Bottle. And he realized, you know what? 
I'm going to take my, the word of God like medicine. Medicine is taken three times a day. <laughs> after meals. Uh, after meals. You know what I'm going to do? I'm also going to take my word three times a day and I'm going to take it like medicine because he looks into Hebrew or Proverbs chapter 4 and says, the word of God is health for the whole man's flesh. Okay. And he says, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to meditate upon the word. I'm going to do it and I'm going to speak it. And you know what? You live primarily a disease-free life. Okay? Disease-free life. I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking about people who have, uh, some disability, some sickness. Even that. Even that. Because you see, I look into the word. My faith comes from the word. Mm. My faith doesn't come from how long you've been ill. Then Jesus would look at, oh, 38 years old. This is a gone case. He doesn't say <laughs> no, that. No. He comes to that man also and says, do you, you want to get well? 18-year-old mm. woman. 18 years, she's bent over. Okay. He says, woman, thou art loosed. The, he was came down the Mount of Transfiguration. The disciples are not able to. He asked the father, how long has he been like this? And the father says, from childhood. See, none of these things made any difference to God. Any difference to God. And it should not therefore make any difference to you. Mm. That's what I am I always keep telling the people. It doesn't matter how long you have been ill. And it doesn't matter how many generations had it. Yeah. You still have to believe it can be broken. Otherwise let God tell you. As long as God hasn't told you, believe. God has told you, then believe what God has told you. Mm. In Paul's case, God told him, no. And that is okay with him. This is my grace. See, one of these two will happen. Absolutely. If you believe, either he will heal you mm. or he will give you grace to handle it. And either way, both are enough. You don't need anything more. Yeah. Both are a manifestation of grace. Healing is a manifestation of grace. This is what was written. He took our infirmities and diseases upon himself. What is that? He came full of grace and out of that grace we received blessing after blessing. What is healing? A manifestation of grace. In some cases, if he says, I'm not going to heal you. It's better that I don't heal you. But I will tell you, I will grace, give you grace till the last day of your life to handle it. It's, that is enough. Don't bring your understanding to it. When you read the word of God, Take it as the word. That's exactly how you should take it. Mm. It is the word of, of God. God. First, focus on it. Meditate on it. Second, look to see what commandment is there. What does he want me to do? Mm. What does he want me to do? Do it. And third, speak it. Speak it. Because life and death is in the power of the tongue. Sometimes people meditate and they speak, but they don't do Mm. It does not work. Sometimes they meditate and they do, but they don't speak. Mm. <laughs> All these three things have to, that is exactly what, this book of the law shall not depart mm. from your mouth. mouth. Yep. Speak it. Mm. You shall meditate in it day and night. You shall learn to train your mind to think according to how God. You already have in seed form the mind of yes, Christ. Yes. Let it develop. Oh, yes. Develop. Third, you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Okay? That's what it's talking, you know. First, when you begin, God may give you only a few. I mean, we look at it. <coughs> Go to Acts chapter 15. Acts 15. 
this is the jerusalem council over the gentiles all circumcision and all okay verse 28 this is james speaking and this, sorry this is the letter given by the apostolic council for it seemed good to the holy spirit and, and to us. us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things this mm. is written to the gentile mm. churches that you abstain from things offered to idols mm -hmm from blood, mm. from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourself from this, you mm. do well. Farewell. What is written? Abstain from things offered to idols, one. From blood, meaning animals that are strangled. Drain out the blood, then only eat the meat. That continues all the from Noah's covenant on till the end it will continue. Mm. Don't eat blood. Mm. Third, keep away from sexual immorality. Let me ask you, only three things are mentioned. And that's it. After that, there is nothing. No, after that, the book of Romans begins. But that's what is already told to them in the beginning. Beginning, yes. Don't let too much. They're just children. They come to the Lord. So there's three things. Keep this. You will, as you keep, God will start telling you mm. more and more things. The problem is everybody is trying to know everything and doing nothing. <laughs> and they're walking under condemnation. condemnation. <laughs> of course, you have too much knowledge and you don't keep anything. You'll only walk under condemnation. Okay. Mm. So when the Gentile church began, they were not told many things. And then they were given, as they are learning, the specifics, the specifics, the specifics, the specifics are being given. Yeah. So that's how it happens. Okay, that's how it happens. Don't complicate it. Mm. Okay. You are dealing with your father. First thing. Jesus said, this is how you need to pray. Our father. So you're dealing with your father. Now you, Pastor Vijay has uh, two kids. Okay, they are grown up. But what he tells Emmanuel may not be what he tells Abigail. Mm -hmm. Whatever he tells Abigail, he may not tell Emmanuel. Why? Because of the age difference. Mm -hmm. Age difference. Because Abigail is older, so he gives her more instructions. Yes. Emmanuel is much younger, so she gets less instructions. When Abigail fails, he may be tougher on her. When Emmanuel fails, he may be less tough on her. Again, it's got to do with age. That's how God does. Yeah, that's good. But the simple factor here is you have to grow. Growth is imperative in the kingdom, kingdom of God. God. Otherwise you lose terribly in eternity. Wow. Yes. Terribly in eternity. Okay. You know, hmm. I have Pastor Vidya was talking today about the body, you know. I have a feeling it will be like this. Today we look at uh, we look at bodies, right? We look at like if you look at me, you look at my hair, and you will always say, "Okay, he's he's not young." I mean, he's at least above fifty. Look at it. So you look at the body, you can make out outward physical body. You can make out people, age, size, strength. All these things can. In the kingdom of God, when you receive a body, they'll be able to take one look at you and realize you are a child. Or you are a young man, or you are a father. Absolutely, absolutely. Because when Jesus had a body, he has full of grey hair, white hair, yeah, full, yeah. ancient, ancient of full of wisdom. wisdom. Mm, absolutely. One yeah. look at true. your body. True. So true. Man may have died at ninety years old, mm, saved, but he's a baby. <laughs> but he's a baby in the kingdom of God ah. because he never grew here. Mm, so true. Okay. Now the problem here is mm. okay. The problem is here is this. The problem is not with the baby. The problem is this. Now, all of you sitting here, how many of you want to eat Cyrillac? 
not even thinking. How many of you are like it? Why? But remember when you were small, you enjoyed it. <laughs> That is what Bible is talking about: getting caught in eternity after being saved, but is not able to enjoy God. <laughs> Eating cereal like all of us. Not able to enjoy God. Okay, we are talking about. Everything is there in the Bible. <laughs> Eating is also there in the Bible. <laughs> Come to the book of Genesis, <laughs> chapter forty-three, <laughs> and verse thirty-one <laughs> This is Joseph and his brothers. All eleven brothers are in front. They don't know it's brothers. This is Jesus, and we are all seated in front of him. We don't Probably know yet. Okay, <laughs> he washed his face, came out, and he restrained himself and said, "Serve the bread." <laughs> so they set him a place by himself, and them by themselves, and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves, because <laughs> the Egyptians could not eat food with the Hebrews, for that is an abomination to the Egyptians. <laughs> they sat before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, the youngest according to his youth, and the men looked in astonishment at one. <laughs> <other>. <laughs> How does he know? Boy, how boy. does this Egyptian know how to see us? <laughs> you know when you go to big big functions and all, they will give you a placard over there yeah. with your name over there, Chief Justice and this thing and all like that. Ruben, <laughs> Simeon, Levi, they are seated accordingly. Okay. Oh. Then he took servings to them from before him, but Benjamin's servings was five times as much as any of theirs. So they drank and they were merry with him. Benjamin is getting five times. Mm. Why is five is a picture of grace? Why is he getting the youngest is getting more than all the others because he has never sinned against Joseph. Never sinned against Joseph. Thank you, Lord. He's an oh, he's a picture of the overcomer. Benjamin is a picture of the, of the right overcome, mm-hmm. the son of the right mm-hmm. hand, because he is hidden in Joseph. Mm-hmm. The other ten are not overcomers; mm-hmm. they just scraped into heaven. Benjamin has overcome and come because he doesn't sin against his father. He doesn't sin against Joseph. Mm-hmm. You never hear him say anything in the entire book of Genesis. He is silent, meaning he lets Joseph speak for him. Wow, क्या बात है? He doesn't speak. Joseph vindicates him. In other words, amen. Vindicates him. Okay. Absolutely. So that's what the Bible mm. is talking about. Even when it comes to eating and all, it's all there. It is everything is there mm. in the Bible. Like we say, there is a pre- precept, there is a principle, there is a pattern. Mm. Okay, and you go to this pattern of the Bible. Okay, and I'm telling you, if you're somebody who's listening, is of um, older age, and you have sicknesses. Most sicknesses are related to food. and what you eat and what you drink change your diet change your diet offer your body as a living sacrifice do what to keep your body fit and say lord here i am use me for your glory now these are things which can be done and in, you have to see that in all this what we call in english mundane acts you bring god glory oh. nobody may see it but you are playing to the audience of oh, one. one yes You playing to the audience. Thank you, Lord. Thank okay. you. And that's how Daniel lived. Mm. His decision about food was made for God. His decision to pray was made for God. Everything he is living his life before God. Thank you, Lord. It is about God. 
It is not about anybody else. And nobody would even know if he shut his window and prayed. But it's not about, it is about God. Everything he does is about God. Okay, and you know what? And God, God honors him. You know, and that's how you live your life. And you enjoy God. <laughs> One day at a time. Okay? And it doesn't, the other person does because I keep on getting mails and texts about. The other person is irrelevant. Especially in the major issues of life. Now let's move from the body to the soul. One of the major issues with life is offense and unforgiveness. We'll hear about it tomorrow if God permits and I have time. See, unforgiveness has got nothing to do with the other person. Unforgiveness has got to do with you. It's got to do with you. God is asking you to forgive, not for the other person's sake, for your sake. Therefore, it's an act of obedience. I choose to forgive. You know what? I, I want to be free. I don't want to rent space in my mind about somebody else. They don't have to live in my mind rent free. Two, I want to walk with God. I want to walk with God. So every, so when a person, even though he has been sinned against, he chooses to forgive, it's an act of faith. And that's what the Bible says, God was with Joseph. How can be God with Joseph if he's not forgiven his brothers? Yeah. How can be God with Joseph if he hasn't forgiven Potiphar and Mrs. Potiphar? Because these are the two places where it is written, God is with him. But how can God be with an unforgiving person? Because we know the parables. Okay. So the thing is that in anything that you do, you have to put the cause. The cause is I want to bring God glory. Mm. And I want his presence. I want to enjoy God. So you know what I'm doing. I don't care what people do to me. I choose to forgive. And I'm not going to carry offense in my heart. You know why? It has got nothing to do with you. It's got to do with me. I want to be free. I want to walk with God. Amen. I want to walk with God. And these are things which one can do. And every time you do that, you know what? When you do that, you become a child of Because we are, our entire problem is we are thinking about love as an emotion. Mm. No. Love, forgiveness is the act, act, action part of love. First comes forgiveness. And once you consistently choose to forgive in thought and in words, you, speak, you don't have to speak to the other person unless a person comes to you. But you need to open your mouth and speak it when those feelings come. No, I don't believe you my feelings. I choose to forgive. I have forgiven. Choose. You know what? The second thing comes in. Once you do this consistently, part two of love comes in, which is called compassion. Compassion comes in. You actually feel sorry. And compassion is what makes the kingdom of God run. Whenever Jesus looked at them, he had compassion upon them. You follow this pattern. You know what? Life is not very difficult. And every time you do this, God is glorified. God is glorified. But in every one of these, there is an action. Hmm. There is an action. Forgiveness, there is an action. You choose. You choose to speak it out. In compassion, there is an action. Because he had compassion, he healed them. So you need to look at and say, you have compassion. What can I do for this person who is there in my life? I'm talking about people who are there in your life. You always look and say, what can I do for this person? 
You don't have to speak to that person. You're just putting something into action. When you put into action, you know what happens? The other person may not see. The other person may not even acknowledge. But you are glorifying God. Oh. Joseph could have sat there and thought, like the other slave, what's the point in working for this dude? I get nothing out of it. Right? That's what how most people do. What, what a friend does it make? I get nothing out of it. Okay, I will do just basic minimum. That's not what he did. He went beyond. That's what grace does. Mm. And Potiphar is prospering. Doesn't say, hey, Joseph prospered. Joseph was successful, but Potiphar prospered. <laughs> Okay, you can be extremely successful in your job with no salary increase. Ah, what a statement. The company makes profit. The statement is awesome. You have to put that in your... <laughs> That's what it means. He's getting... He's, but he's been now promoted. The only reason the boss is promoting him because he's good for the company. But he's still a slave. He's still a slave. But the Bible says God is with him. God is with him. If you, if you were only to... Thing. And the most important part of it is when you do things in the church. Because when you're doing things in the church, remember, you're doing it for a heavenly master. Amen. And there is no mm. temporal benefits yes. usually in it. The benefits are eternal. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Unless you see that I am bringing joy to a master, you will not be consistent in what you do in your kingdom. And you bring the kingdom into every relationship. You bring the kingdom with your spouse, with your children, with your friends, in your office, if you bring the kingdom. That's what the Bible actually says. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. And do it cheerfully. Mm -hmm. You know what happens? God comes into the picture. As a person, he comes into the picture. And what are you doing? You are glorifying God. No. So don't make it impractical. It's very, very practical. The Bible is a very practical book. Very, very practical book. And you have to do it consistently. You have to do it. And you can make it because you have a will. Of course, sometimes you are tired. God says, go take a sleep. I'm fine. I mean, if you miss once because you are tired or ill, God doesn't get upset. But consistency is in your mind. Mind, yes. The minute your strength is back, you are back at your post. Yes, routine, okay? yes. Back at your post. God is not saying work till you are ill. He's not saying any of this thing. He says the consistency is first in your mind because it is connected with a person. Mm. Remember, that is the key in the kingdom of God. Everything is connected with a person. It is the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus showed us the way. For Jesus, it was connected with his father. I have come to do the will of my father. It's not my will, his will have come to do that. And I will do it. Irrespective of what it is, I will do it. And my father has never left me because I not only do his will, I only do what pleases him. That's what he says. He never left me because I always do what pleases him. Okay, so if you put it that, he's the first man on earth to walk 24-7 of his life by faith. What he ate, Please this father. What he drank, please this father. How he slept, please this father. How he dealt with people, it pleased his father. Okay. Everything, he pleased his father. Okay. So that's where you look into it. That's what we are called. Yes, Pastor Vich. Wow, that was a meatful, Pastor. <clears throat> so, but, uh, the next question again. Uh, this is uh, related question to... Number? Uh, question number three. This is related to 
um, behaving um, and how do we respond to authority. Uh, it says to reject delegated authority is an affront to God. Is it an affront to God? Luke's Gospel chapter 20 verses 9 to, 6, 9 to 16 focuses on the matter of delegated authority. God's view of those who reject his servants, do they reject him? Can you give us a little explanation about this, please? See, when we are talking about authority, we need to be very, very careful about it, okay? The thing is that um, when the Bible is being written, the Bible is being spoken through scriptures everywhere, it is being written to a people who live under monarchy. Mm. So we have to be very, very careful how we deal with it. Today we don't live under monarchy. We live in a democracy. Okay? So the authority rulers wield is the authority we have given them. Amen. Yes. Mm. They don't give us liberty. Our liberty is natural. We live in a free, so-called free society. And they're constrained by a set of rules. In the old dispensation, the king's word was law. Now the laws are framed by those people whom the people elect. Mm. So when you're talking about, I'm talking about in the public sphere, when you're talking about authority, it's different from what we are seeing. So where do you bring this authority in is first in your relationship with God. Second, in your relationship in your home. That's not democracy. Yes. That is not democracy. And then you come into the church. church. Yes. Okay, come into the church. When you are in the system, in the world, when the system is breaking the law, you have every right to question. Mm. So Paul will ask, is it, is it legal to whip a Roman? And they are shocked as a Roman citizen. He's quoting, this is your law. Mm. It's your law. Okay, you are the magistrates, but you broke the law. But the law says, you cannot whip a Roman. And I'm a Roman citizen. Okay? So in that system, we can always, because the purpose of, when you, when, when the Bible talks about submit to all rulers, it also tells you the function of the rulers. The function of the rulers is to give us an equitable, free society. Basically, peace. Okay? So we are not living under monarchy when it comes to the outside. So the constitution gives you lots of freedom, freedom of expression, freedom of preaching your religion, okay, freedom of gathering, peaceful protest. All these are freedoms which are given under the constitution. It doesn't give you the right for violence, mm. but it gives you the right for freedom. Absolutely. So those freedoms, when you exercise, you are not rejecting delegated authority. Mm. Okay? Of course, now they are taking those freedoms away. So I'm talking about be very, very careful when you're dealing in the public realm. Oh, I should never be in a strike. But isn't that a freedom given to you under the Constitution? Yes, you have the freedom to strike. Okay, you look at the cost. The cost is just, and I'm joining it. Okay, so all that is fine. All that is fine. Because you have to join just causes. And only God says, don't do it. Don't do it. But we are not looking at that. When we are talking about delegated authorities, we have to look at the house, your home. And that's, if you're a child, you're a minor living with your parents, then that's your father and mother. And to obey. And then when you come to home, the husband is the head of the woman. It's very, very clear. Don't bring culture over there. 
in the bible is talking especially in that chapter about covering and all okay it is talking about headship it's talking about the headship and there you have don't bring anything outside the bible is very very clear the, the simple i mean this is where authority comes in. if a woman can reject the headship of man the man can reject the headship of christ christ can reject the headship of god it's a chain Okay. Okay, so then what is the man's job? The man's job is to come under the headship of Christ. The whole onus is on man. Come under the headship of Christ, hear from Christ, do what Christ tells you. The onus of the woman is to come under that headship. And the question is, if that man is not that, then what do you do? What do you do? You have to be very, very careful because then he has an office. He's a person, a fallen man sitting on an exalted office, what do you do? You have to look at patterns in the Bible. That is where patterns can, every, because they're all delegated. Mm. If God does not say, man is the head of the house, then he has no authority. The minute God said it, he became a delegated authority. You cannot take scripture out. Honor your father and mother. The minute he said it, they become authorities in your life. You cannot take it. Obey your parents. To children it is told. You cannot change it because it's God's word. He's already delegated that authority. So then the question is this. When the delegated authority goes wrong, what do you do? What do you do? Is the question. So you have a delegated authority. That is the man in the house. Let us look at the first man to whom authority was given. Chapter 3, Genesis 3 and verse 17. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife mm. and eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, The ground is cursed. His ground is cursed. There are three voices there for Adam, not for Eve. Eve, two voices. Adam, three voices. The voice of God, the voice of the devil, the voice of the woman. Okay. The woman, the serpent did not come to Adam. Come to Adam. He went to the woman. Hmm. Okay. Because if he goes to Adam, and Adam says no, then the serpent can't do anything. Hmm. So he goes to the woman. It was the woman. Because even if the woman says no, he can still try with Adam. Hmm. Okay. So he goes to the woman. And the woman listens to that voice. And once the woman listened to the voice and she gave it to Adam, he listened to her voice. So first, Adam failed in obeying God. Second, he failed in listening to the woman's voice, which was contrary to what God said. Mm. Okay, and that's what he's saying. Because you have heeded the voice, what happened to your authority? What happened to your office? What happened to your office? Okay, and we have to be very, very careful about it. Here is a delegated authority that fails because he did not heed to the voice of God. God has very clearly told him something. His wife says something contrary. He goes with his wife. Goes with his wife. Okay. Now this pattern goes in in the world. Many men listen to the voice of their wives. Contrary to know, they know what God expects them to do for the sake of peace. And they don't realize why their life is cursed. Why? Hmm. 
The ground is cursed. There's no joy in their homes. They have peace. But that's a peace bought by compromise, not the peace of God that guards your heart and mind. That's a different peace which comes with joy. There's no joy, no supernatural peace. It's a bought peace by compromise because your ground is cursed. Why is your ground cursed? Because you listen to a voice over what I told you. Most houses have bought peace, not the peace of God. So you need to understand what delegated authority is. So the first job of the man, he's the first delegated authority, is to hear from God. Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And once he knows what he wants to do, he tells his wife, and their job is to implement it. Implement it. That is why the Bible, see, if you look in the book of Genesis, the book of Genesis, you have only basically, if I'm right, six wives mentioned. Hmm. Sarah, Abel's wife is not mentioned, Cain's wife is not mentioned. Let's mention about the main people. Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Leah, and then there is Joseph's wife. She does not even figure over there. So you have four wives over there. Basically four. And then you can bring Tamar if you want, Dina. These are women over there. And only Sarah is recommended. Sarah is recommended. Mm-hmm. Nobody is recommended. Mm-hmm. None of them are recommended. But each one of them is a pattern and a lesson to people. Sarah is recommended as a godly woman who submitted to her husband's authority and went through the ringer. Twice her husband handed over to another man. Okay, now, we are not saying that you do those kind of things now, but giving you a principle a principle to a woman who submitted to the authority of her husband. Rebecca didn't. Rebecca usurped the husband's position. She told the son how to deceive the father and she just she just disappears. One of the saddest stories in the Bible is not Rachel. <laughs> it's Rebecca. We don't know when she died. We don't know what happened to her. She just disappears from scripture. She's not even mentioned. Her nurse made Deborah's yes, death is mentioned. Yes, yes. Rebecca's death is not mentioned at all. She began so well and ended so badly. Hmm. She just disappears. Okay. Then there is Rachel. She also dies. Then there is Leah. Miserable existence. But these are all patterns to the Bible. When we are told, learn from Rebecca, you can have a wonderful start. Continue that way. Don't goof up. Your husband may grow old. He may become blind, he may become unspiritual, but pray your way through. Pray your way through. You have received a promise, husband is from, he's not interested anymore. Pray your way through. Don't usurp his position because it's delegated authority. Because we are talking about delegate authority, let's not go outside, let's go to the home. Let's go to the home. In Rachel's case, you deceived your father. You deceived your husband. She died. Okay. In Leah's case, these are all patterns established in the Bible because there are many, many women who are married to men who don't love them. Who don't care to hoots about them. They have no interest in their wife. They may not be a Rachel, but Rachel then becomes something the man is interested in. His work, his job, his uh, sport, his entertainment. That is Rachel. The Bible says Jacob had eyes only for Rachel. <laughs> oh, 
yet he had sex with Leah. The Bible says God saw Leah was unloved. So what do that? What does that woman do? The woman has to look up. Her redemption is not for looking to Jacob. Her redemption is looking to God, and still birthing Jacob's children. Hmm. She's still birthing Jacob's children, though Jacob does not love her. She's still fulfilling her purpose as Jacob's wife. If she's looking up, she looks up when she has Judah, and she calls him praise. So everything the Bible is talking. Are you caught like Sarah? This is, are you caught like Rebecca? Don't go there. Are you caught like Rachel? Don't go there. Are you caught like Ray, Leah? This is the way. Well, are you married to a fool called Nabal? Oh. That's another case study. Exactly. Nabal. Your husband is a fool. He's a fool. He's a rich fool. What are you supposed to do? Talk to him when he's sober. Don't talk to him when he's drunk. Hmm. Talk to him when he's quiet and sober. Because I know. You know your husband by now. I'm not saying Nabal is necessarily a person who drinks. It can be a man who doesn't drink. But you know when you can talk to him and when you cannot talk uh, to him. Yes, yes. Know your time. Mm. And when everything is nice and calm and all, talk. Patterns. Why? He may be a fool, but he's still your head. A foolish head, but he's still your head. Okay, so you have delegated authority over there. Okay, and then you have Saul and David. Saul is his head. It is his king. Okay, God has said to through Samuel, I have removed the kingdom, but he's still not been removed. Yeah. A, a prophecy and the outworking of the prophecy are two different mm-hmm. things. Until he sits on the he's sitting on the throne, he's your king. So he he chases you, you don't kill him, you run. You run. That's what God is talking, is giving you another principle. There is a delegated authority over there. Delegated authority has gone rogue. Now he's after your life. What do I do? He's still a delegated authority. He still holds an office. Run for your life. Hmm. Run for your life. Meaning if you're putting in terms of a church, of a church, hmm. your pastor is out to get him. Quietly leave. <laughs> Go find another church. Shut your mouth. Don't say anything. Because he still has an anointing over his head. Zip your mouth. Run away. Find some other church. Sit there quietly. Okay. You open your mouth and start saying anything against him. Now it starts working against you. Working against you. So all patterns are there in the Bible. Patterns are all there in the Bible. Patterns are all there in the Bible. Everything there is in the Bible. Okay, that's what you have to look at. It's because rebellion. Somebody talked about. I didn't give it to you. There was another question on rebellion. Rebellion is a very terrible thing. Rebellion is when you go against God instituted authorities. Sin is different. All rebels are sinners. I keep saying, all sinners are not rebels. Mm. All sinners are not rebels. Rebellion God hates. Okay. Rebellion God hates. Okay. But sinners he forgives. Rebels are executed. Rebels are executed. Mm. So all people are not rebels. 
So don't confuse your weakness and your failing and your sin as rebellion. Okay, all rebellion is sin. But all sin is not rebellion. Okay, there are so many humble sinners and rebellious righteous people. Sort of paradox. <laughs> I mean, this righteous person, you will see that he doesn't sin like the sinner, like the Pharisee. But you cannot get him to do anything what God wants him to do. He will not do it. He's a rebel. He will not do it. It's as simple as that. He will not do it. So rebellion is a different thing. So when you rebel against delegated authority, then it becomes problem. It becomes problem. Okay. So God's view of those who reject His servants. Do they reject God? Yeah, yes, they reject. Yes. I mean, servant meaning you have to be very clear about it. I mean, basically, the Bible says that you know, all secular authorities are also God's servants. Yeah. Okay. Our authorities are God's. But in this in this parable, it is yeah. basically talking yeah, about yeah, it's talking this, about the sorry. servants who were sent to preach the word and and they rejected. And they were okay. So you. You have to be very, so before a servant comes in, like, you know, you need to be very sure he's God's servant. Yeah. Okay. He's, because today there are so many fake people out there, not just in ministry, even in the world. They have fake ID cards and fake uniforms. Okay. And they look like better than the original. They do raids in your house and take all your possessions away and later you know it was a thief who came in the uniform. All kind of things happen. Okay. So what I'm talking about is be very, very careful about it. Okay. Oh boy. Now, my question is this. Let us take the hmm. most well known country in the world, that is that is United States of America. Hmm. Okay. America. <laughs> Let us say for for humor's sake, example's sake, the 2020 election was fraud. Mm. Let us say the 2012 election was fraud. Let us say the 2008 election was fraud. Not just the presidential election, even the congressional elections were all fraud. What happens to all the laws they have established? Fraud. It's fraud. What if at some point in time it is established all these people who ruled us for so many years were illegitimate? See, there's more legitimacy in monarchy than in democracy. Yes, absolutely. See, you cannot be a fraud in a monarchy. When Solomon is ordained as king, the king has said that's the one who becomes a king. Then the fraud is Adoranja. Mm. See, in monarchy, it's very difficult mm. to have fraud. Mm. But democracy is usually fraud. Okay. That is why they want electronic voting. Old days, remember when it was paper ballots? They stuffed the battle ballot boxes. But today, when you have all technology where you can watch, they don't want paper ballots. Today, actually, paper ballots would be very secure. Very secure. But so why aren't they securing elections? You should ask this question. Honestly, every citizen should ask these questions. Then why are you not securing elections 
where no electronic voting, all paper ballots, and you have to come personally, under the camera, personally, take your ballot, write this thing, and put it in. You can secure elections. Why is that nobody is going to secure All the frauds will not come. There was, all the fraudsters will be out. (laughs) And there is another suggestion which was given, which nobody, no politician will accept it. It is came from this place where all the gambling dens are, Las Vegas. Mm. Okay, the most secure system in the world is theirs. It cannot be hacked. Yeah, it cannot be hacked. It's impossible to hack it. They said, "Why don't you implement our system into voting? Nobody can tamper with it. And if you are a U.S. citizen, you can vote for anywhere in the world using our system. It will be you and you alone. It cannot be tampered with it. No politician will buy it because again, they cannot have fraud. Bah. See, you need to realize the problem with the democracy. So, the people in democracy are whose delegated authority? Bah. We never know. Hmm. We are assuming all these people want. They go there, they change the laws. And every law that is changed is to suit them and not to suit us. Okay? So that's why I said, when it comes to democracy, leave that authority alone. Leave it alone. We are not talking about that. We are talking about the spaces in which average man lives. Average man is not going to meet his MLA in India, MP, CM, Far away they will see. But they are not going to deal with them on a day-to-day way. Who are the people you deal with? If you are a child, your father. If you are a woman, your husband. If you are an employee, your employer. That's authority. The Bible tells you very carefully how to do it. When it comes to others, it tells you how to keep the law. When it comes to the state, look at the law. The law is just keep it. The law is unjust. Go with somebody who is questioning that law in the court. Put your money there. We don't like the law. But that's how the system works. But we don't run into it most of the cases. Okay, most cases. Our life runs in this way. You have your home, you have your church, and you have your workplace. In all these places, there are authorities. And God says, stay under. Mm. And authority goes rogue, like Saul, this is what you need to do. This is what you need. Just get out. Stay out of it. If you have an employer who is terrible, who is terrible, you can employer who is terrible, look for another job. Maybe salary may be less, but you don't have to live under that. If you have a husband who comes drunk and beats you up every day, separate. The Bible talks about separation. Don't say these things are not in the Bible. Why does in 1 Corinthians 7 is the chapter on marriage, all kinds of cases, case study on handling marriage issues. Don't go to psychology, don't put, throw it all away. It has no power behind it. You want Mm. power, you need the word because God will stand with his word. So if you are somebody who counsels people, go to the word and tell them what does the word say. Then it is up to them whether to receive it or not. It is written. So you have a delegated authority which is a man. He is a scoundrel. 
he does nothing. He beats up his wife or whatever, whatever. There are all kinds of abuse that can be. There is abuse by physical violence, abuse by emotional violence. There's abuse by neglect. Wow. That's abuse because a man is supposed to take care of his home and mm-hmm. he doesn't do it. It's neglect. It's, it's neglect. You know, all these kind of things happens and finally she's just falling apart because we are talking about the woman here, but the delegate authorities are, what the Bible says? Separate. And then try for reconciliation. Let's look at scripture. This is not Pastor James speaking. Pastor James has no authority. <laughs> Our authority all comes from the word of God. Verse 10. Verse 10. And 11. Now to the married I command, yet not I but the Lord. A wife is not to depart from her husband. But even if she does depart, now this is what, why, why does she depart? Because there is a problem in the marriage. Mm-hmm. Let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. So this is not talking about the cases where divorce is permitted. This is talking about all the other cases. Divorce is permitted only in very rare cases in the Bible. But in every other case, God says, God is a very practical person. Very practical person. Yeah. Okay, very practical person. He says, you know what, the ideal is there, the law is there, the grace is there, the truth is there, and most people won't keep it. (laughs) Very practical. (laughs) After three and a half years of slogging day in and day out and healing and deliverance and preaching and feeding and praying early in the morning, at the end he looked at Jerusalem and wept and said, you did not even understand my coming and your time. Now not even nothing will be left. This will be an end. So he's very practical. (laughs) He says, but even if she does depart, because if she marries, then she's not giving room for reconciliation. Mm. There is always room for reconciliation. Okay, room for reconciliation. So we do not suggest divorce. We suggest separation. Separation because it it gives you time to sit back and think. Let cool heads prevail. Oh, okay. emotions, mm. emotions come down and think. Sit sit back and think. If I go this, where is my life going? Where is my home going? And if you have children, what is will be the future of the children? And separation takes place and you will listen to counsel. Your father will say, your mother will say, people will say, what happened, Rebete, what happened? No, the man, the parents will call and say, what is wrong with you? What is the problem over here? And mediators come into the picture and they are trying to find a common ground. Come on. Okay, because marriage is there, there is a covenant, there are children over there. That is what the Bible is talking about. So everything there is, you will never face a single issue in life for which the Bible does not have an answer. There is a principle, there is a precept, and there is a pattern. There is nothing. You will not ever face in principle a situation in life where the word of God does not have an answer. It is there. And when you go through that, there is power. And when you come and obey that, you have come <coughs> under authority. So it does not matter then what the delegated authority is. 
even it is rogue. You have obeyed the word and the spirit. You are still, even when David is running from Saul and refusing to raise his hand against Saul, he is coming under the authority of Saul. Mm. Yes. He's not a rebel. He's not a rebel. Okay, he's not a rebel. So he's clean. He's clean. And he's trying to get reconciled. reconciled. But that is not, yeah. that's not happening actually. It's not happening. It's not happening. So that's how it works. That's how authority works. Oh boy. Hmm. Anything in the Bible. I'm telling you, there will be nothing. You ask God, God will give you an answer. Whether you are a child, God will give you an answer. You are a child, you have an abusive parent. God will give you an answer. What to do? He will tell you what to do. Because this is all. Because you have an abusive parent, you have an abusive husband, you have an abusive wife. Hmm. What happens with an abusive wife? Because today you have to be very, very careful because all the laws are loaded against the man Mm -hmm. for the woman. So you have to be very, very wise. Even there, in that case, what I would say is separate. Separate. The wife is abusive, separate. Okay, because you, you, you cannot, you cannot, uh, remember the Rajasthan High Court, uh, giving that man police protection because he presented the video, Sisik take camera he put in his house. The wife used to beat him up with a cricket bat every day. Poor fellow had to run for his life. Because some people are very, men are some very mild people. They don't raise their hands and all. But they marry a woman who is like crazy and beats him up regularly. So he asked and the um, high court ordered a permission for him to separate and to give police protection. And you could see the video. I watched that video. It was in the news. I watched it in the video. I was, my God, this woman is crazy. Sammy, take it easy, bro. All kind of things happen. Okay, all kind of things happen. <laughs> so we are talking about, but this is all authority figures. The authority figure. And that's a child in the camera. She never beats a child up. The child is, Every time he's running with a pillow, trying to defend himself and all of it. This is CCTV camera footage from the house. The child is watching. And what is the child seeing? What is the child learning? Mm. What is the child learning? You know, so you need to really have to factor all these things in. And, and God teaches you because there is an authority, because there is an office given. But the person sitting on the chair is like King Saul, sitting with a spear in his hand on his throat, flesh and throat. What he's trying to do is pin David to the wall. So what does David do? Well, he's a knock. He's the king. You cannot raise your hand against the king. What you can do is run. I will run. I will not raise my hand against the king. I will run. And that's what happens. There is one downs. I mean, the whole context in this, if you look at the individuals do get Traumatized, right, Pastor? In mm. such cases, there is there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of hurt. And that is where rejection. you have to respond it in the right way for God. No, to even come. even after for even after you respond right in the sense that uh, in the in the context of David, for example, David never res- raised his hand against Saul, but it did do a damage to his personality, right? Let us look at the one who went worse than that. Okay. Genesis chapter 41, Hmm. verse 50 and 52 gives you the answer of what he went through. And Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, prince of On, bore to him. 
Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God has made me forget. What has God made me? Forget. All my trauma. Mm. My toil and all my father's house. He forgets it. Mm. God. God has made me forget. Hallelujah. Because mm. he refused to entertain anything in his head, in his words or in his actions. He never mentions his brothers or a particular wife. If you have doubts, read what he tells the cupbearer about the dream. He never no tells anybody. Who is. He says, I am innocent. But he doesn't say who is guilty. I'm innocent. But he doesn't say. So he guarded his heart and his mind. And then when he suddenly raised up to that position, okay, raised up to this position, what happens is that God blesses him. And then he doesn't just forget his trauma. In verse 52, he goes to the next. And the name of the second he called Ephraim. For God has caused me to be fruitful in the, in the land of my affliction. The land of my affliction. Mm -hmm. You see, with David, honestly with David, the issue was not what happened to him. The only issue with David is Bathsheba. You take Bathsheba out, David is fine. That's what messed him up. Before, before Bathsheba happens, entire narrative is different. Entire narrative. He's whole, he's complete, he's winning all his wars, he shows unbelievable mercy and grace to Mephiso, but all of that. And then the narrative changes. That incident hadn't happened in David's life. Story would have been different altogether. So he got over everything. He got over. But even then, because he was such a genuine man of God, God restores him. Mm restores. After that picture, you have to see David in terms, you have to, what you call, like you people do with the camera, you have to take just one small frame, focus it and make it one frame. Forget David's, all his wives. Just put the camera on David, Bethsheba and Solomon. Solomon. Extremely successful marriage. Wonderful home. Virtuous woman, godly son, righteous father. Forget the rest. Don't look at the rest. Because he has no voice to speak into any of mm. those homes. But if you turn it around and focus only on that home, you get Proverbs 31. Mm. The son, the wife, and the father. That's David. So he finishes well. Don't see. God covers we turn back to him with all his heart, with all our heart. God will always see that we finish well. That is God's desire because mm. God is a father. God wants us to finish well. Every father, genuine father would want his children to finish well. And God even more. So David finished well. He didn't finish back. He finished very well. Finished very, very well. He overcame his sin. He finished extremely well. And he kept the word God had given to him. Though the son is trying to usurp the, this thing, proclaimed himself king. And many of the more influential people have gone to the other side. Even in that weak old stage, he establishes a throne. And then only he dies. Mm. He fulfills his purpose. He fulfills his purpose. Yeah. Solomon, the one who will build the temple, has been instituted as king. And then he steps aside. So he does it well. No. That's what the Bible is talking about. Yes, you will go through this. You will may go through pain, affliction, trauma, but it's a God who heals. 
God can heal him. Mm. And he's unlike David, he's an absolutely innocent man. He did no wrong, poor fellow, except for wearing that coat and flaunting it. And forget his 17-year-old boys wear coats. But God caused him to forget and blessed him in the land of Africa. These two verses, remember it. Genesis 51, sorry, 41, 51 and 52. Remember that. How God can turn it away and wipe it all away. 13 years mm-hmm. of actual trauma. We don't, we cannot even imagine what actual trauma is. This is talking about 4,000, 5,000 years ago in an Egyptian dungeon. Long ago, I remember reading an account, a biography, autobiography of a man who was in prison in Turkey. It's a white man from America in a Turkish prison. And he was talking about the state of those prisons and the horror and the trauma he had to go through. Now, prison reforms and all things have happened in free countries and all kind of things. But remember, if they want to be nasty, they can be nasty, nasty like yeah. they did yesterday with President Trump's advisor, Peter Navarro. I don't know how you pronounce it. I think it's Navarro. I think that's his name. He's specialized to the um, 45. And the January 6th fake commission subpoenaed him. He refused. So they will do this to create fear into the hearts of the people. He, If I'm right, he boarded his plane and then the FBI came, arrested him, took him in handcuffs and he was put in the jail and then produced in court yesterday. Okay, now you need to realize what the system can do. And much more. <laughs> what he went through, we will never know. I, I identify it so much with him because it's there in Psalm 100 and identify meaning I can pick, not identify that way, but picture that picture in Psalm 105. Yes. 105. And where it's, uh, 18, 6, 17, 18, right? They hurt his feet with fetters and he was laid in irons. The reason is I've said this before a few times in church. It's because when I was growing up in in Bhutan, there was a particular prison opposite the other side of the mountain. There was a river between the other side of the mountain. And there was a particular prison which was not for ordinary prisoners. These were the king's prisoners. And once a year they were brought out. And when they were brought out and they, when they came out, we saw them. They had chains in their neck and chains in their feet and it was connected. They never walked straight. They walked like this and they shuffled. They couldn't put their feet. They don't. This is how they walked. They shuffled. And I saw them. And then later, when I read this portion, I realized this is how he walked. They hurt his feet in feet with fetters and he was laid in irons. And this is a man who holds no resentment against anybody. Hmm. And he says, God made me forget all my father's house and my toil, and my affliction, and has made me fruitful. All things are possible. You have to believe. This is where faith comes in. This is where grace comes in. If you do what God tells you to do, God will do what only He can do. But we have to do what God tells you to do. That's why unforgiveness, offense, um, not listening to delegated authority, not following the leader, all these things... All this are dangerous. 
you just do what he tells even though david knows saul is doesn't like him and is got a this thing but the bible says wherever he sent him he went yeah and he was successful when he fought with all he didn't try to escape any response the same thing with joseph the way he served joseph potiphar this way he served in the present world it didn't matter why did they all do it that way because they were looking at god they were not serving man so that's where you have to realize there is a god there's a god who will bring justice okay if not in this life in the life to come yes pastor we can should should look at one more question because this is in terms of trauma um this is a for from a persecuted church this is question number 6 if you don't mind please question, question number 6 <clears throat> how do the saints of god thrive in the midst of islamic terrorism and persecution what would you say spiritual discipline or what voice do you listen to make faith your filter get on your face and pray for all this you need the grace and mercy and most importantly the anointing would you agree see the thing is that first you have to realize the problem is that because we are pastors and been have been in this for so many years almost going to be 30 years i think in a couple of years will be 30 years in the ministry every individual who comes to you i treat them as an individual but every individual thinks i'm the only one who is going through this which is not true and peter makes it very very clear he says yeah. it makes it very clear so the persecuted to the persecuted church what i have to tell you is <laughs> yeah. what is happening to you is nothing as a second people first peter chapter 4 verse 12 and 13 two things are mentioned there 4 12 and 13 12 12 do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you but rejoice to the extent that you participate of Christ's sufferings hmm. two things i mentioned one please don't think you are an isolated case the church has been going through this for 2000 years around the world you can name your persecution beaten wounded raped you can name it the church has gone this for 2000 years so what is happening to you is nothing strange okay the only question is what is your body you understand what is your body what is your soul like i said last saturday also mm. they can only rape your body only you can rape your soul mm. if you allow them to touch your soul they have one and you choose not to allow them to touch your soul that is the key see the body is temporal the body may heal well partially whatever but that's not the point the issue is your soul what they did to you has it touched your soul are you angry are you bitter you can be angry at a cause you cannot be angry and direct your anger at people then you know what they have entered into your soul that is what is dangerous that is what is dangerous 
that is why these are all practical that is why certain things are very very practical over there jesus teaches us that is why the first thing jesus does on the cross is forgive his enemies forgive his enemies why do you have to do it and you have to do it consistently and you have to speak it out for yourself is to see that the enemy does not enter into your soul mm. the devil is not after your body he is using your body to enter into your soul but if you refuse to allow him entry into your soul it doesn't matter what they have done to you they have failed they didn't succeed but if you allow them to enter into your soul <laughs> they have won they have won they have won they may beat you up they may torture you they may do all kind of things okay but please remember there is grace available for all that and grace is available only through faith and the faith is what in verse 2 the next verse verse 12 he's talking about 13 but rejoice that is the key it is not it is does not say hang in there cut your teeth says rejoice for and that is what sometimes people forget when you even it is a personal level or a national level when a church is persecuted or a christian is persecuted or you're going through for christ jesus sake be very very clear what you're going through is for his sake not because of your sake if it's your sake repent his sake rejoice both starts with r but absolutely different if you're suffering because of your sin repent if you are suffering because of christ rejoice, rejoice and exceedingly glad that's what the bible says rejoice you have to cho- these are all acts of will this got nothing to do with feeling hmm. if you allow your body the pain in your body to and to manipulate your feelings to manipulate your reaction you have lost that's why that portion in act 16 is so powerful paul and silas paul and silas the bible i mean let's go mm-hmm. back to sir all favorite portions right so i will tell you i will tell you where it should be from verse 22 1622 and 23 and 20 that's where don't go to them singing and praying first you have to look what happened to mm-hmm. them before that then the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates tore off their clothes first is humiliation think about it think about it there a grown up man right? sent by god to preach the good news the first thing they do you is to strip your clothes off and they will bend you against that post tie your legs and this thing over there and then they whip them they laid many stripes on them then they threw them into prison first is humiliation then is punishment beating them up third put them into prison to keep them securely now we come to verse 24 having received such a charge he put them in the inner prison secure place and not only that fastened their feet in the stocks so you know what happens when your feet are fastened on the sock you cannot lie down anyway they cannot lie down because the back is hurting it's been torn into pieces if they hadn't put their feet on their stocks they could lie on their stomach so there they are and if you don't read that three verses and only read verse 5 you have lost the punch of it but mm. 
at the midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. What did they choose to do? They chose to rejoice. And the Bible says the power of God came in. Power of God may not come in like this now, but the power of God still comes in and peace floods your heart and your mind. Wow. The presence of God will come in one form or another. Leave it to him how to manifest, but he will manifest. Otherwise, you can put your Bible away and say it is a lie. Why? Hmm. It is a lie. Because hmm. we have gone through this process and see that every time you react as an act of will according to the word of God, the power of God comes. That's where faith comes. That's where faith comes. See, the Old Testament pattern and the New Testament pattern agree in spirit. When Jehoshaphat and the Levites were singing and praising God, God was destroying their enemies. In the same way, here Paul and Silas is singing mm. and this thing, God is destroying mm. their mm. spiritual enemies. Yes. Spiritual enemies. And they are set free. Mm. So in this case, they are physically free. But the question is not whether you are physically free first, whether you are spiritually free first. Spiritually free people sing. Mm. Otherwise, let us say, let us say this situation, okay? Let us say this. Let us read further there, okay? I want to I read verse uh, chapter 16, hmm? verse 35 and 36. When it was day, the magistrates sent the officers saying, let those men go. So the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul saying, the magistrates have sent you to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. Think about this for a minute. Paul and Silas did not sing or pray. Would they be released the next day? No. Yes. Yes, yes. They would be released next day. This is a court order. They've been released. But would they be free men? No. Now they're free in the body. They're not free in the soul. Oh. Okay, 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 okay. Free in the body, but they're not free in the soul. And God is not looking for the freedom of my body first. Because he is in the business of saving my soul. Soul, yes, yes. Freedom yes. is first in the soul. soul. It is not. That is why the Bible says when they were singing, all the captives were listening. It doesn't say that. Yeah, yeah. Look at that word. Exactly. 25. twenty-five. Yeah. At the midnight, and all the and the prisoners were listening to them. Why were they listening to them? Why was nobody singing? Because of their freedom. Because they were experiencing. There were two prisoners locked up in their body, free in their soul, mm. and all the others locked up in their body and in their soul. Mm. And they were listening. Okay. That's what God is talking about. Mm. So it does not matter where you are, what you are mm. going through. When you go through, even it's in a personal situation in your home life or your office life or a persecuted country, when you are persecuted for his name's sake, you know very clearly, I took a stand. It was for righteousness sake. It was for Christ's sake. And everything is going against me. God says, this is how you need it. That's what even Habakkuk does. Mm. It's a different kind of a natural persecution. Mm -hmm. Nature has gone wonky. Everything has failed. But you know what? What am I going to do? I am still going to praise him. I am still going to praise him. You have to. There is no other way. Jesus himself in the Beatitudes, this is what he ultimately said. When you are persecuted for righteousness, say for the sake of the gospel, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Isn't that what is a yes. blessed are they? Look yeah. at that. They are, who are persecuted for righteousness sake, 
Theirs is the kingdom. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kind of evil against you falsely for my sake. And that is to say, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. When you are exceedingly glad, even the fellow who cannot sing also sings. You have to sing. You have to sing. That's when you believe. That These are all, see, you have to meditate upon word, you have to act it out, you have to believe and you have to say it out. All these things. So this is proof that what you said, what you have believed is true. If that one portion is missing, the power doesn't come. It doesn't matter how much power is flowing over there. There's a final link you have to do. That is when you switch, press that switch on, those two wires come and touch and suddenly everything touch. And people always forget the last bit. Meditate upon my word day and night. Do not let it depart from your mouth and be careful to do, do. it. So when you are persecuted for his name's sake, what does he ask you to do? Mm. He says rejoice. Yes. Because you have been, and the apostles understood, they said we have been counted worthy to suffer for Christ Jesus' mm. sake. It's not a small thing. Mm. It is not a small thing. Okay, like if you go to the country where I was, you will see the policemen, you will see the soldiers, and then you will see a different kind of this thing, and they have a different, and you look at that, it is written RBG, Royal Bodyguards. They are a different category altogether, because what do they do? They guard the royal bodies. Hmm. The royal bodies. Okay? So, think about it. You are suffering for Christ Jesus' sake, counted worth. Okay, so in that country, imagine, in trying to protect the king's life, a soldier is, a RBG guy is injured, injured or killed. It will be different. He died trying to save the king. So to be considered worthy to suffer for Christ Jesus' sake is not a small thing in heaven. It's a huge thing in heaven. And the apostles suddenly realize, whoa, we are privileged. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's how church should think. I'm counted worthy. Because all suffering is in the body. If you bring it to your soul, you are gone. Don't bring it to your soul. Like I said, only you can allow it to come into your soul. That's why Jesus said, don't fear him. Who can kill your body? And after that, what can you do? You Nothing. But he said, fear him. After you are dead, you can take your body and, and your, your soul, soul and throw into hellfire. So your soul is the most important part. And that where there is understanding, there is emotions, there is a will. And you have received your understanding. Not the understanding of the world from the word of God. When I am persecuted for Christ Jesus' sake, this is what I am asked to do. As an act of will, you know what? I will obey and I will start singing. When you start singing and start singing, the feelings start following. Suddenly the will, the reason and the emotions together has come together. And God says, that's my son. He's bringing glory to me my in heaven, name. Yes, in yes. my name. And the devil shuts his mouth and says, leave them alone. These people, it doesn't work. It does not work. And the Bible says, that's why in persecuted churches, down the centuries, when people <coughs> reacted like this, others got saved. And they realized this is not natural. That's oh. why they are listening. The, the jailer and his family also got saved. Why did they all get saved? Otherwise, nobody would have got saved. It would have been just written that the next day the magistrates released Paul and Silas and they went to the next town and preached. This entire <laughs> episode would be missing. 
why did so many people get saved that day it's because they chose it's an act of will to react according to what god has spoken and that is where grace comes in comes in. amen awesome so to the persecuted i mean one more words because persecuted church we always our heart is with them but i don't mollycoddle okay mm-hmm. as your pastor i don't mollycoddle i don't mollycoddle myself with these things i prepare always for that day if that day comes let me be prepared revelation chapter 2 and verse 10 be faithful to it do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer mm. indeed the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested that you will have tribulation 10 days be faithful and endure not suffering not pain tribulation for 10 days 10 days they are talking about actually people theologian says it's 10 rains they went through years and years and years these people never saw daylight again they all died smarna they died but god is saying be faithful i'm not going to get you out philadelphia says i'll get you out smarna says you die both are the same god wow. to you you have been called to die for my sake you i will take you out why lord he says i'm god i know what my children can handle so they will die this will leave this one i'll spit out mm. wow. yeah, okay. so you have to look at it that way it's nothing new and 21st century torture is nothing compared to medieval torture medieval people were specialists in torture today it is it's, it's not it's it is not we i mean we are not so sophisticated i don't know maybe even now they are you never know what happens in all these camps and all those where they are they are really bad they can really really mess you up but i feel more sorry for the people who die for a wrong belief like the muslims in the chinese camps no poor ones <laughs> or that falun gong or whatever those people they are all to die for a wrong cause tortured and die and then go on to the other side and realize you died in vain at least we can know we died for the right cause <laughs> and on that side there is a grand welcome where so many people who go through persecution and die for something they believe is a truth and it is a lie oh. <laughs> it's a lie a sad thing it's a lie so we pray for them too lord at least let them not suffer and die like that let there be one witness among them that they may know Christ and die there are prisoners of conscience around the world in every religion there are there every religion there are people who are there there are muslims who persecute and muslims who die in camps in china okay so everywhere any in the faith you want to take it there are but this happens only with us where god comes and is with us doesn't happen with anybody else Only we can rejoice. I don't think they rejoice. They cannot rejoice. They have nothing to rejoice about. They're mm. gritting their teeth and going through it. But we can rejoice and be exceedingly glad because He's actually with us. You experience His presence with us. Amen. Pastor Vijay, we'll close. Thank yeah. you, Lord. <coughs> we'll pray. Yes, Pastor. Pray. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for this time that you've given us. Lord, you taught us so many things, Lord. Thank you father that you are faithful. I pray Lord 
Thank you, Father, for the, all, all the answers, Lord, that were given. I pray, Father, that you'll be able to make it relevant to every person who's going through whatever trial, whatever situation, whatever circumstance. You make it relevant to them, O Lord. Father, and ultimately, Lord, we know that you are a God who has plans to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future and an expectant. And you said, the things that I do to you now, you will not understand it now. But Lord, there is a latter end. The latter end, O Lord, is our glory. When we suffer with you, we are also glorified together with you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for exhorting us. Thank you for comforting us. Thank you for challenging us, O Lord. I pray, Father, that, Lord, we will continue to stay on that straight and narrow path and not straight to the left or to the right. And, Lord, that in everything, O Lord, that will be our endeavor to bring glory to your name. That truly, Lord, in all things, Christ may have the preeminence. To him be glory forever in the church. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 See you all tomorrow, first Sunday of our 15th year. And also it's communion Sunday. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.